We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Rotowire DFS podcast for Thursday, May 26. I'm your host, James Seltzer, and I'm here as always with my co-host, Mr. Benny Ricciardi. Benny, what's going on, brother? Not too much. We don't got a lot to talk about today. Only a small eight-game slate for uh, for MLB tonight, you know? Not, not really a lot of action here, but definitely still going to be playing some games. Yes, an eight-game slate, three-day game, so if you split it up into the day and the night, it is a... A lighter slate this evening, Benny, but that just makes it all the more important to make sure you make the right calls there. So that that's what we're here for. Benny is is well rested today as opposed to yesterday where he was on running on fumes. So we're feeling better today, right, Benny? Oh yeah, I'm I'm good to go today. I got to sleep till seven fifteen, which for anybody who has kids out there, you know, is a a luxury in life that doesn't come along very often. <laughs> Sad when uh, when sleep until seven fifteen is a luxury, but uh, that, that them's the breaks, right, Benny? You know what? I mean, high school and and college me would uh you know would be would be shaking their head at old man me right now. <laughs> oh man, uh, it's uh life changes, Benny. It's all for the good, though. It's all for the good. It's all for it the is. Good. It is. It is. I agree. All right, Benny. Well, let's get your uh, your refreshed and pepped up. Uh, takes here on this eight game slate let's run it down real quick as i said three day games five uh five night games Twelve thirty-five start in pittsburgh we'll start the day off patrick corbin the left and lefty taking the diamondbacks into town to take on garrett cole the righty and the pirates uh then we have a 110 start another pretty solid pitching matchup here is Jose Fernandez and the Marlins head into Tampa to take on the lefty Drew Smiley and the Rays. Uh, last of the day slate, 405 in New York is Benny's Yankees and CC Sabathia host 
J.A. Happ and the Blue Jays, a lefty-lefty battle there. Uh, and then we start the night slate out at 7.05 uh, as the Cardinals head into Washington to take on the Nationals. Mike Lee against Joe Ross, righty-righty battle there. Then we head into Boston for a 7-10 start as the Rockies and Red Sox finish out this four-game set they've been playing. John Gray taking on Clay Buckholtz there, a couple of righties as well. And then we head to Atlanta for another 7-10 start as Milwaukee heads into town. Willie Peralta taking on Matt Whistler. Willie Peralta, not very good at pitching. Uh, two games left on the slate here. 8-10 start in Houston as Baltimore and Kevin Gaussman head into town to take on Lance McCullers. Ready, ready, battle there. And then we round out the evening at 8-15 in Kansas City as Miguel Gonzalez back in action. The righty for the White Sox taking on the lefty Danny Duffy. All right, Benny, as you said, short slate, uh, you know, uh, lighter slate. Really need to, you know, make sure that people make the right decisions. So let's hop right in. If you're doing a day slate or an all-day slate, uh, you got that 12.35 early start in Pittsburgh. Make sure you check the lineups. Patrick Corbin against Garrett Cole. What do you think about this one, Benny? Yeah, I think Garrett Cole's actually in a pretty good spot here. He's not my favorite pitcher on the early slate because there are some stud arms that are going, but I kind of like him going up against this uh Arizona Diamondback team, they don't have a lot of lefties. You know, maybe Jake Lamb, who's probably the best one that they have on that side, would be, you know, one bat that I would be a little bit concerned with. Um, You know, Goldie does hit right-handed pitching well, but outside of those two, this isn't a team that hits right-handed pitching all that well. And I know Cole hasn't been great this year, but he's still an above-average pitcher at at, at a minimum at this point, Um, you know, if not better than that. So I think he's in a pretty good spot. And then I really like a couple of these Pirates bats. You know, you want the right-handers going up against Corbin. So guys like McCutchett, um, guys like Jung-Ho Kong, uh, he, he's in a good spot. Cervelli hits left-handed pitching pretty well. Marte hits left-handed pitching pretty well. So I do think that there's a, you know, even like a David Freeze, if he gets in there, um, there are a lot of guys that do hit left-handed pitching well on his Pirates team. So I'd be looking more at the Pirates bats, maybe a little bit of Cole, and not really much on the Arizona side, you know, outside of maybe Lamb. If you want to use Goldie, I guess you can. Uh, yeah, I, I think I agree with you there. I think if I'm going up against either of the two pitchers, I'm probably going against Corbin there. Uh, I like Cervelli a little bit. Uh, 2,700, he's mashed left-handed pitching this season, 407 Woba. Um, outside of that, oh, I like Jung Gong a little bit, as you said, a little bit too. The uh, He granted a very small sample size, but has been um, – has been strong against left-handed pitching with a 604 Woba 727 ISO on the season and has just been pretty strong in general with the 420 Woba since coming back from the disabled list. All right, Betty, let's hop on to the 110 start in Tampa, probably the best pitching matchup of the day, as Jose Fernandez and those Marlins heading to town to take on Drew Smiley and the Rays. Are, are you getting involved in any hitting in this game, or are you kind of staying away and just going with the pitchers? Yeah, I like Jose Fernandez a lot, so I'm not going anywhere near the Tampa Bay bats. If you look at the Marlins bats, there are a couple guys who might be a little bit interesting. Uh, JT Realmuto as a catcher usually hits left-handed pitching pretty well. I know everybody's going to be looking at Giancarlo Stanton because of the numbers, the Woba, the ISO numbers that he has against left-handed pitchers, but he just doesn't look right to me right now at the plate. You know, he is not hitting for average at all. He's not hitting home runs like he did. You know, he had, like, something crazy. I know he snapped out of it a little bit, but he had gone, like, 
17 at-bats with like 14 strikeouts or something like insanely bad like that over the course of last week. So I know Stanton stands out on the numbers, but I don't think I'm going to be playing him today. I do actually like Marcelo Zuna a little bit, though. Ozuna has been just killing left-handed pitching this year. Had a home run the last time they faced the lefty. His Woba's over 400, ISO score in the, in the low 200s. Um, so I think Ozuna and Real Muto would be the only two bats that I would even consider, but I kind of agree with you. I mean, these are two of the better pitchers we have on the mound. Smiley's been really, really good to start the year. High strikeout guy. You know, Jose Fernandez, another high strikeout guy. It's a six and a half total in this game. If you have a lot of bats in this game, you're probably doing it wrong today. Yeah, I, I don't know how you play a lot of bats in this game, even on a short slate. I guess if you're playing the the day slate with only three games, then then maybe you get some bats. Yeah, you might have a choice. But, uh, I mean, if you're doing an all-day slate, uh, I think you, I think you avoid that. Like you said, the one name that I would consider is, is Ozuna just because of how scalding hot he's been and the fact that he's got a 45 average against left-handers. He's just been dominant against left-handers, so um, six-something Woba against him. So uh, I could see throwing Ozuna in there just because, you know, he's been terrific and, and, and it's a decent matchup, but I'm kind of with you there. I think I would avoid the batters for the most part if possible. All right, Benny, let's round out the earlier games of 405 stars. We had a healthy little break there between baseball games. J.A. Happ heading in with the Blue Jays to take on your Yankees and CC Sabathia. Lefty-lefty battle here, Benny. Uh, how you feel about your Yankees in this one? Not too good, to be honest with you. Um, the Yankees do not hit left-handed pitching all that well, and Hap has been up and down, but he's had a couple quality starts this year. I would like to go after him with some right-handed bats, but what right-handed bats are you going to take? I mean, you know, Tex hasn't been hitting all that well, and, you know, I think he might even be on the DL right now anyway. Uh, Beltran's a switch hitter, so he can go from the right side, but he hasn't been great from the right side this year. Starlin Castro, probably my favorite bat to go up against uh, J.A. Happ today, and that and that's saying a lot. If the best bat I can come up with to go up against them is Starlin Castro, probably not going to be a good spot for the Yankees. They're expecting eight and a half runs in this game, and I, I really don't see how the Yankees are going to be favored um, you know, to, to win this game when, it, when I just don't see how they're going to wind up scoring or, or hitting a left-handed pitching. And then on the other side, I know they haven't been as good against them this year, but there's a lot of guys in that Blue Jays team that over the course of their career have smashed left-handed pitching. And CeCe Sabathia has been a guy who's been struggling with righties. Even though he's better this year than he was last year, still a lot of struggles with uh, with right-handed bats there. Uh, Batista, Donaldson, Encarnacion, even Troy Tulowitzki, uh, guys like Russ Martin. I mean, all these guys hit left-handed pitching pretty well. And like I said, CeCe gave up a 300 average to lefties last year. I think he's in like the 280s or two, I mean, to righties last year. I think he's in the 280s, 290s against right-handed batters this year. You know, like I said, I don't feel really good about this game. I think that, uh, you know, Toronto's going to get to CeCe, and I don't see how the Yankees are going to keep up with it, uh, you know, going up against a lefty today. Yeah, I, I kind of lean that way as well. A couple guys in that lineup, like uh, you could see E5 going off against CC there. Um, a, though, though CC has done well in the past against guys like uh, Donaldson and, and, and Edwin and stuff. So um, interesting matchup there. And I, I do think J.A. have kind of a sneaky, decent pitching play there as well. He's been pretty good up there in Toronto. Um, so, so I think I agree there. Benny, before we get to the night slate, reminder, MLB season is in full swing, and that means that daily fantasy baseball is back. 
Go to Fando.com. Building a team is easy. Just pick your players, stay under the salary cap, and sit back and watch your team win. Entry fees start at just $1. Anyone can play. Uh, I, I've been playing for years. Benny plays all the time. I mean, you can just, anyone can hop on, take a look at the numbers, look at figuring out, you know, how, what does it cost to, to, to fill up a line? It's like a puzzle almost, you know, trying to fit the right pieces in and, and seeing what works. And it's a new season every day. So it's just, it's just so much fun. You never get bugged down by injuries or, or, you know, having a, a guy in a, a slump or this or that, you know, you can just change it every day. It's, it's, it's really the best. Join over 1 million other users who've already won money. It's never too late to join. Come with me every day at FanDuel.com. Go to FanDuel.com and click the microphone in the upper right-hand corner. Use my code RWPOD to sign up now. Special offer for new users. Get a six-month free RotoWire subscription with a $25 deposit. You must sign up with my code RWPOD. That's over $60 in value for just $25. Again, don't forget to use my code RWPOD. FanDuel.com, where every day is a new season. That's FanDuel, F-A-N-D-U-E-L.com. All right, Benny, let's hop on to the main slate, the night slate for the Eve. 7.05 starts us out in Washington, a battle of righties. Mike Leake taking on Joey Ross. What do you think about this one, Ben? Yeah, I mean, Leak's a guy that you want to attack with left-handed bats. So Bryce Harper, 459 Woba, 339 ISO since the start of last season. Obviously one of the best hitters in baseball. Uh, he's somebody that's in play. I don't love his upside anymore because teams just aren't pitching to him, which is actually why I do love Daniel Murphy lately. And I think we talked about this last week. You know, they moved Murphy up behind Harper in the order. So as long as Murphy's hitting behind Harper and teams keep walking Harper every time he's up, it feels to me like every single time Murphy steps into the batter's box, there's at least one guy on base. And this is a guy that's hitting 380 right now. You know, has a 373 Woba since the start of last year, 208 ISO score. If he's going to get up with guys on base every single time, he's going to hit a home run occasionally, and it's going to be a two-run shot. He's going to hit some doubles, and guys are going to score. So he's been able to rack up the RBIs because the guy's hitting 380. I mean, he's getting a hit almost every time he's up there, it feels like, at this point. And with guys on base every time, you know, he's given us some really good production from the second base spot. So I really like those two lefties if you're looking at anybody to go against Leak. And then on the other side, you know, Ross is somebody who's been like lights out to right-handed bats. In the last two years, right-handed bats are hitting like 180 against them, which is, you know, like elite top of the, you know, top of the rotation, number one starter kind of stuff. Left-handed bats have been the way you can go after them. They're hitting 289 this year. They hit 279 off from last year. The guys that stand out the most to me, I mean, I love Matt Carpenter, especially as a cash game play, just so solid on top of that order. He was banged up, though, and out of the lineup yesterday, so I'm not exactly sure what ailment he does have, but if he's somebody that's in the lineup, 392 Woba, 257 ISO since the beginning of last season against uh, you know, right-handed pitching, he's definitely somebody I want. And then they keep switching around Brandon Moss and Matt Adams at first base. I'm hoping they decide to give Adams the start today. Adams is sixth for his last nine with two home runs and two doubles. That's pretty good. So, you know, over the last three games, this guy's been absolutely killing the ball. So I'm hoping they decide to leave him in the cleanup spot today instead of putting Brandon Moss in there. And his price is also really, really cheap. So Matt Adams would be one of those guys that I definitely want some exposure to against Ross because I think he's in a really good spot and has a really good matchup if he's in the lineup. you got to make sure you check back to the lineup because he hasn't been playing every day lately. 
So there's a chance that you might not get him. But if Matt Adams is in the lineup, I think he's one of my top plays as a salary saver. Yeah, I agree. I love Adams at the price there. One other guy, Ben uh, Ben Revere has been scorching hot over the last week, week and a half. I think 403 Wobe over his last seven games. Actually hit a homer in the last week, too. Chipped in a couple steals. I like that lefty-righty matchup against Leak as well. But otherwise, pretty much agree with everything you said across the board there. All right, Benny, let's uh, move on to our 7-10 games. We got two of them. Let's start out in Boston. As John Gray and the Rockies head in to take on Clay Buckles and the Red Sox, Gray has been like a a Jekyll and Hyde kind of guy. What do you think about this here, Benny? Yeah, well, it's not even so much Jekyll and Hyde. I mean, there's a there's a very good explanation for it. You look at his numbers, he's great when he's not pitching at home, and he's horrible when he's home in Coors Field. And this happens to a lot of pitchers. You know, if you're a guy who throws breaking stuff, a slider, if you have a you know an off-speed pitch or a curveball or you know something that relies on some late movement, you don't get that kind of late movement when you're in Coors. So when you're not getting late movement on those pitches – they're basically just slow pitches that are hanging in the middle of the zone that guys get a chance to crush, and that's what's happened to him at home. Now, when you get him out of the altitude and put him on the road, his batting average away from home over the course of the last two seasons is 100 points lower than his batting average allowed at Coors Field. So when this guy's on the road, he's actually not a horrible pitcher. You know, with that being said, this is you know, just a dominant offense that the Boston Red Sox have right now. You know, left-handed bat's probably the way you want to go after Gray. So, you know, guys like Ortiz have some of the best numbers of anybody against any handedness when he goes up against a right-handed pitcher. You know, homered against another right-handed pitcher yesterday just, you know, made those numbers look even better. Uh, a guy like Travis Shaw has been really hot at third base for them, um, racking up a lot of hits here. So he's somebody else I'd look at. Jackie Bradley Jr., another left-handed bat with a 29-game hitting streak right now. So more than halfway to DiMaggio at this point. And, um... You know, even some of the righties, you know, you got guys like Pedroia, Xander Bogarts, both hitting really, really well. Hanley Ramirez has a lot of power in there, too. You know, I just think that this is such a tough lineup. I like Gray, and I like him when he's away from home against weaker lineups. Against this lineup, though, I don't think I can take him. And then on the other side, we got Buckholtz. Buckholtz has given up four or more runs in seven of his uh, nine starts so far this year. And he's only going like five or six innings. So he's basically given up almost a run an inning at this point. You really want left-handed bats against them. Uh, right-handed bats are okay, but left-handed bats have the higher average. So guys like Cargo, uh, since the start of last year, 403 Wova, 294 ISO. You know, he hasn't had a great season so far, but this is a guy, if you remember, people were saying he was done last year. And then all of a sudden, in like one month, he went like absolutely nuts, hit like 15 home runs in a month or, or something crazy like that. And just like absolutely was like, yeah, you, you know, you don't like my numbers? Hold on, give me a week or two and then... You know, you look back and you're like, oh, he's hitting over 300 again. He's on pace for 100 RBIs. So I still think Cargo has it in him. Uh, Charlie Blackman's been pretty good at the top of that order. Gerardo Parra, another left-handed bat I think you can take a look at. And then even Nolan Arenado, righty-on-righty situations. 385 Woba, 302 ISO since the start of 2015. He has the power and he does... He does get the hits. He's right in the middle of that order, so he could rack up a bunch of RBIs with all these left-handed bats in front and behind him that are getting on. So I like. I think I actually like bats on both sides of this game, and I would have no problem if you decided to go heavy Rockies or heavy Red Sox. I think the Rockies are in a softer spot, but I still think the Red Sox are going to put up some runs too. Yeah, I pretty much agree. Pedroia hurt his hamstring last night and left the game early, so keep an eye out for that. There's a decent chance he won't be in the lineup tonight, so it's something to 
pay attention to, but otherwise I agree. I like cargo at 3000 a lot, especially for the price. So much upside built in there. Uh, all right, let's move on. The other 710 start in Atlanta as Milwaukee and Wiley Willie Peralta headed to take on Matt Whistler and the Braves. Where are you leaning in this one, Ben? You know, I, I never thought I would say this last season, but Matt Whistler's actually much improved this year. You know, this is a guy that gave up a, a 300 batting average to left-handed bats last season. But there really are no left-handed bats on this Milwaukee team. But Matt Whistler might be my favorite pitcher on the late slate tonight. Uh, you know, you look at that Milwaukee team, you got Jonathan Villar up top. You got Scooter Gannett hitting in the two-hole. Other than that, there really aren't any left-handed bats on Milwaukee. You know, they, they're very right-handed dominant. And Whistler's been good against the righties. The lefties is where he's really been, you know, getting tagged and, and giving up runs. And like I said, the last couple starts for this guy, he's been really, really good. So... I don't think I'm using any bats on Milwaukee. If I did anything, it would be, you know, those middle infield guys, like maybe a Scooter or a Villar if I needed a little bit of a price savings. Other than that, I'm kind of staying away from them. And then on the other side, you know, Peralta's a guy that we've been picking on for years. He, he's one of the worst pitchers statistically in Major League Baseball, if you look at his numbers. You know, righties and lefties are hitting about 300 against them. But then you look at this Atlanta team, and there's just not a lot on the offense that you really want to target. You know, Freddie Freeman is the guy who stands out. 372 Woba, 222 ISO since the beginning of last year against righties. You know, he's starting to hit a little better after a slow start. So he's probably the best bat that you would want to take to attack him. I'd be looking at the lefties. So you got like Enders Enciarte, who's been leading off for them lately. Uh, you know, Marquecas hits in like the three or four spot, depending on where they put Freddie Freeman. And then they do that thing where they put a, you know, hitter in the ninth spot instead of the pitcher. So you have that wraparound. So Malik Smith hitting in the nine spot. This is a team that if I was stacking up, I'd probably start with like Malik Smith in the nine spot and then go up to like NCR day uh, leading off and then maybe go with like Marquecas and Freeman if they're like three and four in the order. Not that I really want to stack up Atlanta because they don't have a ton of upside, but this is a great matchup and they do have probably the weakest pitcher on the mound to go up against today. Yeah, I love the playing against Peralta as much as you never want to stack Braves ever, ever, ever. Um, Freddie Freeman, you know, uh, 379 well, career Woba against righties, as you said. Uh, I mean, Willie Pearl just got a 699 ERA, a 427 Woba allowed this year to both sides of the plate combined, a 192 whip. So I think him, I think Malik Smith, a 380 Woba against righties. I think you, you take a shot with those guys. And Whistler is actually my favorite play on the board, period, across right? the board. Right? Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I, like, I was looking at it. it this morning, and I'm like, yeah, Whistler, Whistler's the nuts today. I can't yeah. believe this. It's crazy, especially at 6,500, great price. He's got a 180 ERA over in 30 May innings at 238 Woba. He's been pretty good in 7Ks back-to-back uh, outings, so even a little K upside there too. So we're in agreement there. It's a Matt Whistler day for all. Oh, man. God bless. <laughs> I love the, oh, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Uh, it's a GPP day, guys. Yeah, there don't, you don't, go. I, I don't you know go. if I can trust Whistler and Cash yet. Yeah. I know he's been good, but I, I don't know. It's a long shot today, today, Benny. All right, let's let's uh, let's round it out. We got two 8 o'clock hour games here. We got a 8-10 uh, start in Baltimore as Kevin Gaussman heads in to take on Lance McCullers and the Astros. What do you think here? You know, I mean, when McCullers is right, he's he's very good. He's a, you know, over a strikeout per inning kind of guy. He's going to limit the other teams. This is only the third start he's made of the season off of the DL. His first start wasn't all that great, but he did go up against Boston. So, you know, you can kind of give him a little bit of a a little bit of a pass for that one. He was pretty solid in his last start though. 
if I'm looking at Orioles, the guys who hit right-handed pitching the best on the Orioles, you got uh, Manny Machado, 391 Woba, 256 ISO in those righty-on-righty matchups since the start of 2015. You know, he's got a lot of power, hits towards the top of the order. I guess he could be somebody you could go after. Um, you know, the only other guy would be Chris Davis, who big power left-handed bat, does hit right-handed pitching well, 402 Woba, 329 ISO. McCullers throws the ball kind of hard, so if, if Davis can square one of those up, I could see him hitting a home run. Houston, very hitter-friendly, home run-friendly kind of ballpark. So those would be the two guys I'd look at there. On the other side, I, I kind of have a sneaky feeling that Gaussman's going to be pretty good today. He's been solid in 2016. His strikeouts are up. And, you know, right-handed bats have actually done a little bit better against them over the course of the last two years. But they don't have a lot of right-handed bats on the Astros that hit right-handed pitching really well. Uh, Correa would probably be the best of those guys in the three-hole. 358 Woba and uh, 205 ISO for him since his call-up to the major leagues. You know, Springer is better against lefties. He'll be up there on the top, though. Another righty-on-righty bat with Gaussman struggling against the right-handers. Jose Altuve would be somebody that would stand out, but Altuve's actually 0 for his last 17 over the last four games. And then even the two or three games before that, he was like 1 for 4, 1 for 5. You know, he's probably about like 2 or 3 for his last, I don't know, 28 or 30 at-bats. So I can't really play a guy. You know, I know that people don't believe in hot streaks or you can't predict them or whatever, but when a guy's 3 for 30, he, you know, that really gives me some pause if I want to put him in my lineup. So other than really Correa... I don't think there's anybody I want to go and attack Gaussman with here on uh, on Houston. Yeah, I feel the same way. I don't like this game in general. Maybe a few shares against McCullers. Machado at 4,000 isn't too bad, as you said, and, and Davis not a bad play, but not a not getting a great vibe from this game to be in with. I think Gaussman a decent play, though the price not that great. All right, Benny, let's round out the evening an 8-15er. In Kansas City AL Central Clash, is Miguel Gonzalez back in action, taking on the Royals and lefty Danny Duffy. What do you think here, Ben? Yeah, I think the Royals will be okay today. Um, you know, I'm not a huge fan of Gonzalez. Left-handed bats usually hit him harder. He's a guy that has a big fly ball and home run rate, although I'm not too concerned about that in Kansas City. Kansas City, not really a good home run hitter's ballpark. Uh, so I think that he'll be okay. But I do think some of these lefties can get to him. Um, you know, Eric Hosmer, definitely somebody I like. 387 Woba, 192 ISO since the beginning of last year. Probably my favorite play in this game. I play him a lot in cash, and I feel like people don't play him at all. They just kind of dismiss him because there's some bigger bats up there at the top of the lineup. But, uh, you know, at the, at the top of other teams' lineups. But this is a guy that just keeps getting a couple hits for you, gets a couple RBIs. He can steal a base. He can score a couple runs. He does have a little bit of home run pop when he's away from Kansas City more. Um, so I, I actually like Hosmer here. With Moustakos and Gordon colliding the other day, Gordon's on the 15-day DL right now. And I just read something that Moustakos is going in to get looked at by team doctors. So he might not play tonight either which is a little bit concerning to me because if you take those two left-handed bats out of the lineup, you're basically down to just, um, you know, Hosmer, who we like, and then Kendrys Morales, who's hitting like under 200 this year and has been horrible. Other than that, there really aren't a lot of lefties. The one other guy I do want to mention, um, Paolo Orlando. I don't know if you've been watching this guy over the last week. He's playing very, very well right now. He has double-digit fantasy scores in five of his last seven games with, you know, like multiple hits, a couple runs scored, a stolen base here or there, um, you know, a couple walks, a couple RBIs. 
just just really good production coming out of him over the course of the last week or so. So Paolo Orlando, I think, is a, a cheap salary-saving kind of guy that you want to take a look at today on on that side. And then on the other side, you know, Danny Duffy's a guy, 260 average this year to righties, 270 batting average last year to righties. He's a left-handed pitcher, so righties are probably the way you want to attack him. He does have a high fly ball rate, too, but it doesn't really hurt him much when he's home in, uh, in Kansas City. The only guy that I'm really looking at right now on the Chicago White Sox team is probably Todd Frazier. Frazier does have good power against left-handed pitching. Uh, 223 ISO score since the start of 2015 against them. But outside of him, I mean, you know, you're looking at bats like Melky Cabrera, Jimmy Rollins. Like, just, you know, there's really not a lot that I really love there. So I normally do want to pick on Duffy, but most of the time I want to pick on him when he's not in Kansas City and when he's going up against a righty-heavy lineup. I just really don't see a lot of bats here on the, on the White Sox outside of Frazier that I'm even considering. Yeah, I'll give you a couple more lower-end ones. We mentioned him yesterday. Brett Laurie has been surprisingly consistent for Chicago and has been pretty good against left-handed pitching. 393 Woba against 235 ISO. He's hit lefties pretty well. So for 2700 I think if you're trying to fill out a lineup, I don't think he's the worst guy to throw in there. Um, and same thing with Rollins at short, who hasn't been very good, but has still murdered right-handed, or excuse me, left-handed pitching. He's significantly better from the right side of the plate. He's got a 593 Woba against left-handed pitching. So maybe it's kind of a contrarian play. I don't think a lot of people are throwing Jimmy Rollins in there. So maybe you can kind of get around the curve there. Uh, but Benny, that's going to do it for us today, man. That, that was quick and easy. Yeah, I mean, you know, when we only have eight games to talk about, it's not bad. And you know what? It actually works out well because we're heading into the holiday weekend. You know, for guys like us that live on the East Coast, I know I'm going to be heading down to the Jersey Shore this weekend. So celebrate Memorial Day. Be safe, everybody. Have some cookouts and, uh, you know, try to walk and not drive so you wind up being here to listen to us next week. Boom! I couldn't have said it better myself. Everyone, have a great Memorial Day. This has been episode... The May 26th episode of the Rotowire DFS podcast. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Benny and I back with you next week. Thank you so much. Have a great weekend. Go win some money. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck. Bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13.